0: When families gather for dinner and close their doors for the night, her workday begins. With saffron scarves and lavender veils, dangling earrings and dabs of perfume, she dresses herself for show. Lingering enticingly at her corner, she survives by her looks, and looks she gets, a leer A scowl, a wink, a whistle, all sorts of looks except love. She's a prostitute. This day, though, she will meet what she's hardly ever hoped to find. She will meet love. She will meet kindness. She will meet Jesus. And he will open the door of the prison of, of self-condemnation with the key that he makes available to all of us, a key called forgiveness. When you feel forgiveness, you feel accepted. When you feel forgiven, you feel valuable just the way you are. Let me tell you about a woman who discovered this forgiveness. Luke tells us about her in Luke seven, thirty-six to 50. Luke tells us about three miracles in Luke chapter 7. Jesus heals a centurion's servant. He raises a woman's dead son. But the greatest of all was the forgiveness of a sinful woman. God can heal a sick body. That's a great miracle. He can raise somebody from the dead. But those people die again. The greatest miracle is when God saves a person By giving them forgiveness. All four Gospels have a story of Jesus being anointed by a woman with oil or perfume. Uh, This one is unique. Uh, The other three occur in the last week of Jesus' life. This one occurs early in his ministry. The other three uh, focus on the waste of expensive perfume. Uh, This one is about love and forgiveness. The other three are about a good woman. John says it was Lazarus' sister, Mary of Bethany. This is about a sinful woman. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Uh, The Pharisee invites Jesus over for dinner. He has a beautiful home, demonstrates his power, and position. The servants prepare a low table, expensive settings, with a cushion behind each setting. Uh, the guest will lay on the cushion, uh, leaning up on their elbow, and then eating with the other hand. Their feet protrude away from the table. Simon enters the hall. He's confident, he's clearly in charge. A conversation he has with one of his servants reveals the purpose for the dinner. They say Jesus heals the sick. He raises the dead. He casts out demons. Is he a prophet? We shall see. The guests arrive. They all receive the customary kiss. Their feet are washed by servants, and each head is anointed with oil. The hall stirs as Jesus arrives. He has this sense of peace about him. Simon moves to greet him. Jesus leans in for the kiss, but Simon pulls back rigidly. It's an awkward moment. The servant with the the water to wash his feet is motioned away. No oil is put on Jesus' head. People take notice. So does Jesus. Simon breaks the embarrassed silence by bidding his guests to eat. Then the interrogation begins. Simon asks, why do you break the Sabbath? Who gives you authority to forgive sins? At the height of the tension that's growing in the room, a woman from the streets enters. It wasn't unusual for uh, strangers to Enter another person's home for a dinner to to hear pearls of wisdom of two famous people talking. But this woman caught everyone's attention. It took a lot of courage for her, a prostitute, to enter into a Pharisee's house. Maybe it took you courage today to join our live stream or come in our building. She has swiveling hips, saucy eyes. She's well-known to people in town. She holds a flask of expensive perfume. People watch to see how Simon the Pharisee would react. Guests at the table got nervous as she walked around the table that she might stop behind them. She stops at Jesus' feet. A woman in that town Jesus' feet were protruding out away from the table so it was easy for her to get to them. Feet were considered the dirtiest part of the body. This was Israel. It's a dusty land. People wore sandals. The lowest servant in the house had the job of washing people's feet. I think she intends just to anoint his feet with perfume, but just being there with Jesus she breaks out in tears and wets his feet with her tears and dries his feet with her hair. I believe she's heard Jesus speaking around town and, uh, about his love and forgiveness. And she realized she can be forgiven. So she comes to thank him. She undoes her hair. A woman almost never undid her hair in public. Jesus looks at her with compassion. Simon is enraged. Often the most condemning thoughts we think, we keep to ourselves. Simon is engaged in disapproving conversation with himself. I admit it's easy for me to identify with Simon and look down on people who haven't had the breaks I've had. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet... He would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, and that she is a sinner. With a swift pound of his gavel, Simon makes his judgment. This woman is a prostitute. She's worthless. And Jesus can't be a prophet. Otherwise, he would know who is touching him. Aware of Simon's condemnation, Jesus asks him or answers his questions. Jesus is the Son of God. He knows everything you're thinking. You might as well tell him, because he already knows. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. Now, Jesus does something here he rarely does. He applies the parable to the people he's talking to, Simon and the woman. One owed him 500 denarii, that's the woman, and the other 50, that's Simon. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon kind of yawns through his answer like he's not that interested in the question. Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. Jesus is such a great teacher Has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Jesus is saying to Simon, Simon, don't you see? This woman's sins have all been forgiven. She's closer to God than you are. So whether you're a teenager, young single, young married, parent, or an empty nester, what can you take from Jesus' encounter encounter with Simon and this sinful woman? I think it is this. Forgiveness can change your life. There's three things I think we can apply from this lesson that forgiveness changes us. One, forgiveness is needed by you. Simon was no sinner like the woman, so he thought he didn't need to be forgiven. But Jesus says, everyone is a debtor. No one can pay. I mean, there are sins of the flesh, and there are sins of the Spirit. Maybe you don't have obvious sins of the flesh like the woman, but you can have sins of the Spirit. We can stab with our thoughts, hurt people with our sarcasm, turn away from God with our pride. There are sins of commission and sins of omission. Simon knew all the sins this woman had committed, but he overlooked his sins of omission, not showing Jesus the normal courtesies you would to a guest. He forgot that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There are sins done in public and sins done in private. You can always find somebody who's done something terrible in public and say, oh, I'm sure glad I'm not like him. But God doesn't measure one person against another person. He measures us against himself and his holy character. Robert Lewis Stevenson wrote his novel, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's the story of a man who's polite and kind during the day, but turns into this villain at night. In response to that book, Mark Twain wrote, Everybody is a moon and has a dark side which he never shows to anybody. We all have a dark side that we don't want anyone else to see. You need forgiveness, and I need forgiveness. Whether you're more like the sinful woman or Simon, you need to be forgiven. The sooner you admit your sin, the better off you are. Forgiveness can change your life. Two, forgiveness is a gift only God can give. Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests begin to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? People hear him and say, "Who, Who can forgive sins? You can only forgive sins that are committed against you, right? So by forgiving sins, Jesus is saying, that he is God, and that all sins are committed against him. When King David committed uh, adultery with Bathsheba and murdered her husband Uriah, uh, he said, against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. He admitted that his primary sin was not against Bathsheba and Uriah, but against God. Jesus is saying that He is the Son of God, and all sins are done against Him, so He has the authority to forgive sins. In this day of political division and chaos, some people compare things going on today to Watergate of nearly 50 years ago. Charles Colson was the special counsel to uh, President Richard Nixon. He was the most famous lawyer in our country from 1969 to 1973. He was known as the hatchet man in Nixon's administration, a tough, devious, ex-captain Marine. He was quoted by the media as saying he would run over his own grandmother to get the president elected. Then came Watergate, Colson's indictment, conviction, and many months in prison. And people ask, can anything good come out of Watergate? Some people are asking the same question today. Can anything good happen come out of what is happening in our country? One good thing that came out of Watergate was Chuck Colson. Um, He went to prison for many months, and God convicted him and uh, drew him to himself, and he gave his life to Christ. It wasn't an easy decision to make because he knew his critics would scoff, be cynical. Well, of course, he's in prison, becomes a Christian A lead editorialist in the Boston Globe cited all of Coulson's misdeeds, and he wrote, uh, if Mr. Coulson can repent of his sins, there just has to be hope for everybody. He was right. There is hope for you and hope for me because God can forgive all of our sins. Forgiveness is a free gift that God gives to all people because Jesus died for all people in the world. This does not mean that all people are forgiven, however. Nobody is saved by God's grace alone. God loves the whole world, but not all people are saved. Apostle Paul writes, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. We're saved by God's grace. It's nothing that we do, but we have to respond in faith. That's why Jesus says to the sinful woman uh, after she's anointed him, with oil, he says, your faith has saved you, go in peace. She heard about God's love through Jesus, forgiveness. She came and she wept over his feet and she poured perfume on her. She believed that Jesus could forgive her. Three, forgiveness enables you to leave judgment to God. Uh, Simon thought he had it all figured out. She was a sinful woman of no value. Jesus was not a holy man, not a prophet. Had he sat back and thought about it for a moment, he would have realized that she was forgiven. She wept out of joy, being released from her guilt. But Simon didn't feel like he needed forgiveness. He hadn't done anything wrong. He didn't think for a moment that his pride, his his condemnation, and his lack of showing courtesies to Jesus amounted to anything of, uh, of sin. When we recognize that we sin, like everybody else, we come to understand that we don't have a reason to judge other people. Who are we when we've done so many sins? I sin every day. Who am I to judge somebody else? Forgiveness enables us to leave judgment to God. That's his job, not mine. I was born in Menlo Park, California. We went to Peninsula Bible Church in Palo Alto. One Sunday, the pastor got up and preached from uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. And he began to read, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, the, The Corinthians were known as a rowdy city, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Just in the moment, the pastor looked out at his congregation and said, if you identify with any of these terms, why don't you just stand up? It was a little awkward at first. A couple stood, then a couple more. By the time they were done, over half the people in the congregation were standing. A guy named Bill Luce was there only for his second time. He looked around. He said, now these are my kind of people. These are the kind of people that aren't going to judge you because they realize they've been there or they're still there battling with sin. They know how much they've been forgiven. Forgiveness changes you. These are the kind of people I believe we have at Portland Community Church. We're not perfect. We've done these things. We don't judge other people because we're keenly aware of our sins. And we have no right to condemn other people. We just welcome you with open arms. Did you notice the kind of people that came to Jesus? Lepers, beggars, the poor, prostitutes, tax collectors. People that other people looked down on. They loved Jesus because they they could feel His love for them and His forgiveness available to them. If we want to inspire people to follow Jesus... We must identify with the sinful woman, the 500 denarii woman. There's two people in this, in this story. We need to identify with the woman, not with Simon. Then when we come to worship, we won't be coming with any pride, like we're anything great. We come like the woman, recognizing our sin. Like the woman came to Jesus for forgiveness, you can invite Jesus to forgive you your sins this week and invite Him to become your Savior right now. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for all of our sins. Everyone in the world, and you offer everyone forgiveness if we put our faith in you. I want to invite you to pray right now. Wherever you are, thank Jesus for dying for your sins And ask Him to forgive you for your sins this week. You can invite Him to become your Savior right now. Invite Him to come in and be your Lord. You pray. Lord Jesus, we sin against you every day. And we thank you that you died on the cross for our sins and offer us forgiveness. And that because we are forgiven and we don't have a right to condemn other people, we leave that to you. In Jesus' name we pray.